Podcraft. Everybody, welcome back to the Craft Beverage Institute of the Southeast. Puff back here with a very special guest, Eric Lebsack, the cellar master. Mm. I like that. That cellar master of Ponysaurus. Ponysaurus, what is that all about? Uh, you know, I'm still not sure what the real reason of, it's, of the, that is. The graphic's brilliant. It's like half pony, half saurus. Right? I've, like I've been told a few different things and I'm not going to repeat any lies no, to you. So let, Let's be honest. There was probably some drinking involved. I'm sure. Another accoutrement at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. That being said, uh, you've worked there. Well, you were a part of the program. I was. Um, you uh, you basically went on your internship, got offered a position, and you grabbed it. Yeah, stayed. Yeah. Pretty and wild. So you've been there since well, four years now? It's four years, going on four years now. Good gravy. Welcome back to the CBI. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Absolutely. And, you know, how's it going? Great. Everything's great. Um, couldn't be happier with what I get to do every day. I get to go in and you know, make sure tanks are clean and <laughs> move beer from one place to no, another. Nothing and, like a little underpaid yeah, janitorial work to keep you honest, right? <laughs> That's absolutely true. <laughs> I mean, you can see what my hands look like. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's a heck of a lot of fun. And, and I uh, I really love the chance that, that I get to do every day with making cool product. And our tap room's right in our building. So I get to walk out there after, you know, a nice shift and see everybody enjoying the stuff that yeah, we do. And it's a great location, great spot. You come from a very interesting background through. Mm. Uh, you ended up here uh through an undergraduate degree a graduate degree now you know brewing beer for a living um mm -hmm. you would suggest everyone going through that same <laughs> uh if you if you want if, if you're not I mean, happy with what you're doing you know then I, yes. you know you have your jd no i don't you don't have your JD. no 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 uh, didn't go that far well you were close trying yeah yeah, so thinking. you're thinking, <laughs> and then financial reasons. And hey, you ain't got that. Yeah. And then you you went into the lucrative uh, career of, <laughs> of underpaid seller work. And that's <laughs> no, brilliant. I'm super wealthy. <laughs> well, on that sad note, we're gonna start booze clues right away. Then, <laughs> and then hopefully we'll be able to talk a little bit more about uh, uh, what you think. But I got a, a brown spirit. I know that you brew beer all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, or most days during the week. It's true. And so I always like to throw the guest a curveball a little Perfect. bit. Perfect. Um, I know you're an enthusiast of whiskey as well. This is absolutely true. But yes. An enthusiast, not a fiend. I don't want to use no, that No, thank you. Enthusiast. It sounds way more like uh, collaborative and, and uh, <laughs> everything in moderation at that point. Absolutely correct. So I've got a, uh, a glass in front of us and mm. it's uh, it deep, deep, uh, almost uh, deep copper is what I would mm. say. Um, we swirl it around. It's got some beautiful legs. I'll, I'll let you take a sample of what that is real quick and tell me what you think it is. Um, I, it's one of my favorites currently out on the marketplace right now for the price point for sure. It's just brilliant, I think. That is a, a terrific thing to sip on. Right? And it's... Uh, what, do you, what would your guess be? Oh, I'm going to go with rum. It's got that beautiful sweetness to it and um, uh, just a nice barrel-aged... Uh, qualities of uh, some vanilla coming through there, yeah, a little got, oak, and you've really got all the th it's all the things your body needs: vitamin R, rum. Yes, um, it is the uh, blend of aged up to sixteen years Zaya Grand Reserve. It is uh, Zaya is making some amazing rums, and this is their uh, sixteen year, which means the oldest rum in this bottle is going to be about sixteen years. Wow. Uh, from my understanding, some of the youngest is like only six years old, but six in the Caribbean is is a is a long time. Yeah, I would say so. This a is very, a terrific really. product. No, and it's delicious. I mean, it's just something you can just sip and enjoy. 
I mean, we're serving it in a glass at room temperature and it's at 40%. It's just a, I, it's brilliant. So if anybody from Zaya wants to send me more bottles, dig in. Mm -hmm. Or me. They can send them to me <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, either or. Either, we'll make sure that we share. Um, no, I discovered this rum not that long ago. We use it in sensory uh, to start talking about some barrel-aged flavors and mm. how you blend and how you uh, smooth some things out. So smoothing things out are what you're doing over there on the seller side of things. It's called a transition hey, in the business. Huh? Um, what do you guys got coming up? Uh, I know you guys have always crazy releases and, and doing yeah, some fun things. Yeah, we've got some, some new product that will be coming out in cans here soon. Uh, well, shortly, I should, I should say. Uh, we've also got some barrel aged stuff that will be released at some point too, uh, when we feel that the flavors are right. And thank you for waiting till the flavors are right. Absolutely. Wouldn't want to give it to you. Not correct. Well, and that's the, you know, the thing where people are always trying to jump into that, that, uh, barrel aged market, whether mm -hmm. it's going to be on the sour side or the clean side yes. of things, you know, they want to capture that dollar and they want to get a return on their investment back. And I totally understand that. Look, the numbers is, are important. That being said, make sure the beer's right. Yeah. That's a bit. That's the key for us. It's it's a it's a constant, you know, sampling, tasting, <laughs> sensory thing. stuff. Yeah, oh yeah. god, it's horrible. No, but it is. It's it's actually a lot of work that people don't realize. Like sitting around, <laughs> I say this now, really funny. It's sitting around <laughs> and drinking all day is is terrible. But it, no, it's 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 not drinking. It's sensory analysis, yeah. and it's different. Uh, it's harder and harder now as you've done that longer to just sit down and enjoy a glass of it whatever. It really is. Yeah. I, I talk with that with my friends who aren't in the brewing industry and things like that when we sit down at a bar and I sip something and want to send it back or don't enjoy it necessarily <laughs> and and they're just chugging it away and they're you know they just don't understand where where I'm coming from well, with it you it, know sensory side. It's the funny like I it doesn't matter where it was but I I was served a pint of beer and I could just smell the butter Oh yeah, as it's, it's coming to over to my table. And I was like, I know this is from a, a national brewery. I guarantee it didn't leave them there like this. Mm -hmm. Their quality control is high. I've met some people in their lab. I mean, it's crazy to think that that's coming in front of me and I smell it. And I'm just like, I, 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 I can't. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult thing to enjoy a beer these days. It, it's, it's getting but when harder, you, right? when you find that good one, though. You just keep going back. It's to such it. an appreciation, right? Yeah, it really is. It's like, it kind of comes full circle. We always talked about the the evolution of the craft beer drinker, but it does come full circle when you can, you know, you're buying something that's stylistically appropriate and it's tasty and it's you know there's a balance of everything in it, um, and you, it just scratches that itch. Yeah, and I, I think the cool thing too is being able to recognize a well-made beer, even or product, even if it's not maybe your favorite style of beer. Uh, yes. that's something I think is really fun too. Like I'm, I'm not a big fan of brown ales or ambers necessarily, but sure. every once in a while I'll come across one and be like, man, they put some good work into this. Yeah. Like the balance of the, not only like the bitterness in the hops, but the, the selection of the caramel malts mm -hmm. and some of the other roasted material that they put in. I mean, if it's just a one note kind of beer, I would love to see that, that blend of caramel and just a hint of roast. And like you, you understand exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, we're talking about that balance. Yeah, that balance is hard to find in brown ales for me. It's either a little too bitter or a little too roasty. Um, it's like bordering sweet. port or not port, a porter or stout. Yeah, I mean, it's got yeah. it, it has its own style. It has its own unique flavors, and it's supposed to be there. Yeah. Um. And so it's, yeah, I get it. I, I, get I it. do love a good Scottish ale, though. I love it. You know, and that's one of my favorite beers to uh, to boil brats in because mm -hmm. of that sweetness and all the other flavors it's, that are coaxed in there. It's, it's great to brilliant. do any like large hunks of meat yes, as well. Yes. Pork. And like, uh, you know, that's funny you say that. Cause I've, I recently talked to someone and they've changed, uh, cause we're talking, cause we're drinking rum. Mm. They were saying that they inject, uh, Boston butts with captain Morgan. And I thought to myself, I, 
I haven't lived until I've done that myself. So sounds like, a, sounds yeah. like we, we should do that for the next. I think that's what we'll do for the next podcast. Yeah. We'll just sit and eat pork until we can't move, <laughs> um, which I've been known to do. On I've done it once or, or twice. Two. Yeah, right. Uh, so just like a smoked pork butt, and then they would inject it with Captain Morgan. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, there's certainly the sugars and, and some of the other flavors inside of it, but it would be really interesting to see. How that would uh, affect the flavor on the inside. Yeah. Uh, rather than brining it or whatever it is they're going yeah. to do previous. Uh, yeah. That's really interesting. I'm going to have to. I, I'm going to pass know, that along to some people I know that own large scale smokers. Yeah. Well, and it's it's one of those things where, you know, when the weather starts to cooperating here this spring and we don't need a boat, um, I hope to uh, to have fire up my smoker and do the same thing. Lovely. So, yeah, just it, rum injected pork butts. There's, it, I didn't think I was going to say that this morning when I woke up, but I'm glad I did. I'm glad I said it out loud as we were drinking rum because it's important for everyone to understand the, the severity of how awesome that could be. It would be amazing. It could be one of the best things we put in our mouth uh, for a long time. Aside from this rum, actually. This is it's fantastic. really pretty good. It's unbelievable. But uh, you being a very special guest and coming back, um, I've decided that uh, Booze Clues is going to go into a second segment wow. because I had uh, two phenomenal uh, things to share with you and you brought me beer last time that was great oh thank you uh, so i appreciate that and i want to try to pay it forward yeah absolutely and so the next glass uh this is going to be a curveball for you big time uh clear spirit um certainly some bodies got some uh got a few legs in the glass served in the exact same way room temperature uh tell everybody what you're smelling getting like a an amazing um sort of like a earthy floral um Black licorice and anise sort of notes. Yes. Unreal. No, this is uh this is a hidden gem as far as I'm concerned. Um and it, we have one sponsor right now on this podcast, and it's Danny McConnell from McConnell Farms. Hey. Taste the way you remember. Thanks, Danny. But uh we've had some pretty amazing boons booze uh coming through the uh coming through the door here at the Craft Beverage Institute. And this is one that was uh recommended to me a long time ago when I finally got a Got a chance to track down a bottle, so I'd be curious to see what you think of the flavor and and just kind of the way it uh, it works. Uh, it is stronger certainly than the stuff we were drinking before. It's at sixty five percent, but I'd be curious to see if you think uh, think of what it was. It's powerfully smooth though. Mm-hmm. Even at sixty five percent, I mean the burns. There's no burn post palate. Yeah, that- there is some heat in your tongue, maybe a little bit in the back of the throat, but it, it's not like it's it's burning all the way down to your stomach. Yeah, it's got a um, almost like a minty herbal note to it too on the finish. It's it's unreal. Yeah. Uh, being crystal clear, it's kind of throwing me off, but I, I believe this is an absinthe You're of some form. Spot on, spot on. The kids over at Copper and Kings uh, make this uh, actually distilled from grapes, and wow, they're really real. doing it very traditional. Um, they have small batch uh, stills that are the bubbling this stuff through, and then you know adding the. Uh, macerating the herbs and then distilling it from there and they i mean they've got wormwood it's anise it's fennel and that's basically all i mean that's the holy trinity of absinthe beginning and then they they've got some other stuff in there that they're not going to tell us about which i i don't blame them um but this is uh this is coming right off the still uh it's 65 percent so i mean not necessarily right off the still i'm sure they're blending it down a little bit from there but it's uh yeah great based i mean it, there's a lot of stuff that's going really on there. neat yeah. It'd be a wonderful after dinner drink. Yeah. Yeah. Something or, to sip on after a big yeah. meal of roasted pork and roasted with pork. rum. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a terrible idea, actually. Okay. 
Um, but no, this is a this is a brandy company that uh, I thought would be interesting to uh, to introduce you to because I know you are uh, an enthusiast in the spirits industry, and I know you make beer for a living. So it's just kind of a couple curveballs to throw you uh, while you're here. But this uh, this particular liquor, it, I mean, it's just a very interesting uh, take on a very traditional absinthe, and it's so it goes back to that balance in beer. I think that for absinthe. When you're talking about wormwood, which is one of the bitterest substances on the planet, it can get overwhelming for a lot of people very, very quickly. Uh, just like a giant IPA or a double IPA sure. or the triple IPA or the quadruple IPA or people that eat hops, whatever it is Oof. that they like, um, this has such a, an intricate and delicate balance to it. It is. It's very friendly. There's a sweetness that's not only coming from the heat of the alcohol and the ethanol itself, but there is a... Uh, I, they have to be using some sort of mint or peppermint uh, or spearmint in that case, because I just like you said, that mintiness on the on the post palate that's coming out through the uh, reversal factory. Yeah, and this isn't uh, something I would naturally gravitate to, but maybe I've changed my mind mm. now. So well, good. I'm hoping I can still uh, still open you up to new mm. new experiences. Yeah, it's really neat. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to drink this when you were here. So why, why do they make it green sometimes? Why do some of the other distilleries well, put green color or whatever? Where does that come from? It's a different type of absinthe. Okay. So regionally, Swiss absinthe and French absinthe, and, and there's a bunch of different ones regionally that happen. But, you know, this clear version of it is going to be something where this, the botanicals are macerated and it goes through a second distillation after that. Gotcha. That second distillation is important because it's going to basically turn it clear, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to get, we're going to strip out the flavors from the botanicals that are added inside of it. And then we're going to get these different flavors in the glass. Now, traditionally, some of those botanicals then were added back in, uh, that would cause that green flavor. Now, as an absinthe ages, just like any green leafy material, it turns into kind of a brownish greenish color. Uh, some of the stuff that you may see on the cell on the shelf, that is that fluorescent uh like ecto cooler green yeah. may not be uh natural herb products or that maybe they have some sort of antioxidant or uh maybe they figured out how to squeeze a smurf and then lighten up the color <laughs> i don't know um maybe it's <laughs> maybe yeah so this this particular one is a, is a clear one and that's you know stylistically appropriate for a, a few regions over in europe um you know, macerating their post maceration of the herb. So almost like a compound gin is another way to do it. So they would distill it from, uh, traditionally it was made from grapes. So they would distill it. They would add some of their botanicals to it, distill it again, and then macerate herbs in it and, and filter it and bottle it from there. Or they could, you know, add all the herbs into the pot and distill it from there. And then the, you'd get a clear, a clear version of it. Oh, that's really neat. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. And the thing about absinthe is it's usually bottled, you know, mm -hmm. 65 to 75 percent wow. it's it's much it's much higher and for a couple of reasons i mean if we were to add water to this it would uh it would go through the louche it would turn milky from the anhilly oil from the anise um and that's uh kind of how that traditional you know way of serving it is because it's so high you know to open us up and 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 i think we should do that after we uh get done with the pot just drop a little bit of water in it and it the amount of aroma and smells that we are smelling now is so much more amplified oh, wow. because as it's sitting in the glass, the ethanol is evaporating. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the angel shares just like happens in the bottles happening in your glass. So to kind of get behind that, here's another little trick is if you blow in the glass real quick and then smell behind the ethanol, you can get 
the heat of the ethanol isn't affecting your olfactory sense as much as it was before. So you can kind of, I always say like grab some of the ethanol, throw it away and then get some of those other volatile organic compounds that are coming off. And you can kind of smell a, a, a couple other things, specifically in spirits and things that are at cask proof and cask strength. Yeah. And I didn't pick it up before, but there's a little bit of like a clove note in there too. Yeah. When you do that. Yeah. So that's so really, the, um, really interesting. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, once we mute the ethanol a little bit with a little bit of water, you can get to a little bit more of those different things. So it's, there's a lot of things that can happen inside of the glass and a lot of things that can happen, you know, post production that makes all of these things crazy. I mean, the stuff that happens on a barrel is, is for a whole nother show, but, uh, I hopefully enjoyed the rum and hopefully enjoyed the apps. Absolutely did. Thank so, you for pouring those for me. Well, I figured you made it all this way. Well, <laughs> barely. <laughs> With all this stuff, I don't know. I don't know if you'll make it home, but that's, that's, well, luckily uh, I'm staying very close by tonight. That's, that's good. That's good. Um, so, what's new for uh, for Pony Source? What's uh, what's on the horizon? Um, certainly, never the status quo there, but. Uh, you guys have uh, been canning for a while. We have. I'm excited to see your cans actually over this way now. Yeah, uh, excellent. I'm glad you're finding them. Yes, um, I'm a, I've I enjoyed the products, specifically that Scottish that you I guys have. I do love the Scottish ale. It's and such just, a good product. Well, and it just like you said, it's like it's not just for drinking. You can cook with it too, folks. Mm -hmm. uh, what a great base for chili. Maybe mm -hmm. injecting that in a pork butt would be, it's I, now that idea. you say, no, it's actually a really good idea. Boiling brats, whatever it is, pork loin. Um, all of the above. Yeah. And it's, it's just a great all around consistent product. What other things, uh, uh, you guys going to bring out head this way with, uh, hopefully, uh, the new can product that we're going to release sometime around one of the next two holidays, uh, will be up this way shortly. Um, hopefully that'll be a consistent sort of product for us coming out. Can't really divulge what that may be yet. No, but no, no. let people try to find it. Thing. It'll be fun uh, for to try to find it. Yeah, it'll be neat. Um, and we're going to a smaller can format for that, which is kind of neat too. Smaller so, can. Yeah, twelve ounce can. Oh, so do you that, guys have so. to reset your line and we do just the twist rinse really, and then the height of the you know the fill heads and sure. stuff like that, sure. which is really not that big of a deal um, on our our system. It's it's really wide open right there where you can make those adjustments easily. Uh, it's Wild Goose. I'm sure you're familiar yep. with their stuff. Yep. Um, it's a great canning line. We're getting really good um, TPO numbers. Nice. We do our canning. Our guy that runs our canning line does a terrific job. He's super studious with it and uh, very detail-oriented sort of fellow. So. We just got a way to uh, check TPO here. Oh, so excellent. So if you bring cans next time, we can run them through excellent. our machine and excellent. get you some numbers. Wonderful. Yeah, we uh, we we have a you know our lab. We've got our our DO meter in there with piercer and all that stuff and. We, um, we, we run until we are happy with the numbers and then we start really running. So nice. Yeah. We, uh, we dial it in. Usually it, it doesn't take very long. I no, mean, it's just like doing anything. The more times you guys are yeah. running it. I mean, three years of running yeah. that thing, the guys no. that are doing it are, are just, you know, pros. Yeah. So, they're killing it now. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to watch and I'm glad I don't <laughs> run it anymore, but <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's not really my forte. <laughs> well, no, but the seller work, the seller master mm. needs to be in the seller. Right? Yeah. I guess they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People don't realize how much, you know, when you look at a brewery and everyone's excited about the person that makes the sugar water, they always yeah, want to meet the brewer. Absolutely do. And there's so and much. And they're great people. No, and they all are great people. I'm <laughs> not trying to take away anything from them, but it's it's the heroes in, in packaging that I'm always like very curious about because they're the ones that are going to get me the product in a package yeah. where I can drink it. Yeah. And that's what we talk about a lot at work too, or, you know, kind of our MO in the, uh, on the production side is. We're only as good as our weakest link. Yeah. Um, it, washing a keg is just as important as producing the, the, the sugary water. And By it's just far. as important as cleaning a, uh, a fermenter or, you know, just transferring it clean. I mean, one little hiccup along the way there 
follows the product, it doesn't matter where it is. Exactly. So, and it's, it's, uh, it's communication. It absolutely is. Communication's yeah. huge. And, and being, luckily we're a small team and communication, we can basically text and walk up and talk to people in person is, is, is a great way to go about it. But, um, when the teams get bigger, communication gets more important, I think. So I would agree with you. We, uh, uh, yeah, you know, anytime you're multiple departments are trying to do multiple things, but you, like, like you said, the size that you guys are, uh, and what size system are you running? Uh, we're on a 15 barrel. So, uh, I mean, it's, you guys can still crank out a ton of juice. Yeah, it's we're, we're going to shoot for 6,000 barrels, I think, this year. Is what, really? what the number wow. is. Yeah, so uh, we're maxed out capacity-wise. I'm sure last time you were in the building, I can't remember when that was. You guys were just getting your second line of fermenters. Okay, right? so just we're installing it. Yeah, we're, we're three 30-barrel brights at this point. Oh, good. All gravy. the way up to remember where the canning line sat. Yeah. We're full of stainless steel all the way to that point. So there's just enough room for staff to walk by, basically. <laughs> just alleyways. Yeah, that's all. That's really all it is. <laughs> no, and then, a lot yeah. of bruised shoulders. A lot well, of. Well, and you're tall. How often do you hit your noggin on an alleyway? Uh, quite a bit. Yeah, and and luckily, my my cellar assistant, my number one guy in the cellar, is a he's a bit shorter than me, so yeah, he easily fits behind the fermenters when we need some, something checked back there. <laughs> Good. So, no, that was one of my always things. Like, if anything breaks on the backside, you gotta. Just Still have to get a way yeah. to get there, like a glycol yeah. leak or a temperature probe fails. And you know that stuff happens. No, it, and it, it does. doesn't matter. No, and it, yeah, it, it, there's nothing you can do. Nothing's gonna. Anytime you got moving parts, it's yep. only a matter of time before it fails. Yeah, uh, thermal wells, thermal probes, everything. Yeah. cracks, breaks, leaks at some point. It's, Always. It's, it's that's the nature of our business. No, it's, it's it's hurry up and work, and then wait, and then wait for something to break, and mm -hmm. then fix it and do it all over. Again. Yep, and then fix it at the worst possible time. Yep, because it needs. <laughs> That's just how it goes. And then hopefully the park can come overnight. Right. <laughs> Luckily, our, our brew house supplier is just down the road in Raleigh. So, we, we got lucky there. And, yeah. Uh, get good service from those guys and, and are able to get parts pretty quickly. And usually, they have probably something in stock for you. Yeah. So, that's nice. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, it's amazing now too. Like, four years ago, it was hard to get parts online quickly. And now, it's just you hop on there and you can have them the next day. So, you you can literally buy stuff from Amazon. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, tri-clamps mm -hmm. and, and gaskets. And, like, it just boggles my mind because when I started brewing a long time ago it was trying to figure out who the suppliers were and you know getting finding the right address or the right email number and then still having to call and follow up and yeah, yeah. It's just it's, it was a crazy uh, a crazy mishmash of you know collecting these books and and figuring out who to call and when and for what yeah i think even more so then conferences were probably more important than they are oh, i mean they're still very important to and get you together just with got people back from the cbc right i did yeah we just got back last uh friday how was it it was terrific i've heard it was, i've <laughs> i've never been mm -hmm. well you have other things going on well, at that time i know, of year, I, know so. I know and we, yeah finals is always something that they always have the cbc during finals uh basically right around finals for us and it's just it's just too Two weeks later is all I'm asking. I wonder if so that's it's like, like mid-May. I wonder if they purposely do No, that. they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> of course I they are. I know they are. They're trying to keep all of us academics away from the... Yeah. From, and I don't blame them. Right. Because blame. then you can pick through the details and find out where they're following up. So, yeah. 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 It, it was great though. Uh, the seminars that we went to this year were, were fantastic. And we took a, a diverse team. We took um, our, our lab. Uh, we had a representative from our lab. Uh, represented from our human resources slash sales department, uh, director of production went and I went and, oh, and, brilliant. and we all just kind of just, you know, went our separate ways, got back together at the end of the day, talked about what we learned. <laughs> Had a beer. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool. It was, nice. a, it was a great conference. The, 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 um, expo floor is unbelievable. I've heard it's just absurd. And I've talked to, uh, John Lida, who's our other full-time faculty mm -hmm. member. He's been there at you know, a few, sure. I wouldn't say a million times. He's not that old, but he's close. Um, but he's been there uh, quite a few times. And, uh, you know, we, we have aspirations to go talk at it next year. And I've got a couple 
uh, research projects that I'll, I'll not I'll tell you about here Perfect. after we uh, we end the recording. Oh, but boy. it's pretty interesting stuff that we would want to get in more data before we start telling people about. Yeah, it. and I, th- I think that's the neat thing about some of the seminars that I I attended there is is the level of technical talk and ability and and the things that people are presenting are at a, a heightened level at this point. I want nerd. Yeah, it's it's it, some of them are getting to the point of very nerdy. No, and it's, and, and it's that, terrific. I mean, that's you know that's what I'm all about. Yeah, it's, it's uh, that's what the podcast is about. Listen, learn, laugh, and and hopefully everyone learned uh, something today. I hope so. Uh, if anything, go out and, and find this absinthe from Copper Kings and yeah, absolutely b- treat yourself to a bottle of uh, the Zaya Grand Reserve, the 16 year old. It is uh, it is really really spectacular, and honestly, for the price of both of these. Really affordable luxuries. Excellent. It's not like you're going to be sitting down and drinking a bottle of this stuff. Oh, man, if you did. <laughs> uh, you should probably go to meetings. That being said, <laughs> Eric, I can't thank you enough for being here. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Anytime you're in town, stop on by and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk and have a cocktail. Wonderful. Thank All you. Right. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Cheers.